So when I was asked to do this, I started to really think about what, um, what it means for a mother to be a gift from God. Um, and I, I take a great deal of comfort in my faith that um, my faith is salvation enough. There's no works that I can do. There's nothing that I can do um, to earn salvation. Salvation is a gift from God, um, an undeserved gift from God. And I think um, mothers fall in that same category. They're always there to, to give that love and that guidance um, and that encouragement. And so, you know, when we, when we think about the gift of salvation, um, I think of the gift of unconditional love um, from, a, from a mother to children. Um, and that, I think, is, is so critically important for kids. There's a reason God made man and woman. Um, they have uh, their own unique um, way of doing things, their unique way of, of uh, caring for children and having that unconditional love. Uh, and we just would be, I feel like I would be lost <laughs> without both my mother and my wife. So um, when I think about my own mother and the support and the unconditional love that she has had for me, um, supporting, cheering me on, uh, pushing through many peaks and many valleys. Um, it's, she's always been that rock um, that will keep, that will remain consistent for me. Um, and then when I think about my wife um, and what she does for our four kids, um, it's a constant cheerleading squad. I have been, I've felt incredibly fortunate to have incredibly strong women in my life, um, both my wife and my mother, to be those, um, those rocks, those gentle, loving, guiding hands, um, both for my own children as well as for me. So on this Mother's Day, I think it's important to take time um, to step back. And so on, on behalf of <clears throat> Hope Baptist Church, on behalf of all of the, the sons and daughters uh, of the world, um, moms, thank you so much for everything that you do, for all of the love and support you provide to all of us. Doing my best. Ah, um, it's it's uh, you are truly a gift from God, and we thank you so much. Good morning, Happy Mother's Day. We are so happy that you've chosen to spend this morning with us. We're here this morning to worship the God of unconditional love, the Great I Am. Sing with us. I want to be close, close to your side. So heaven is real, death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above, singing as one, hallelujah, holy, holy, God almighty, the great I am, who
The mountains shake before him, the demons run and flee. At the mention of the name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great I am, the great I am.
join together with me in prayer. Father God, we come before you today trusting in you as our anchor, as the God who is our firm foundation, the one who never changes, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We trust in your unfailing love and unwavering righteousness. We praise you today because you are holy and just, gracious and merciful, powerful, and in control of all things. We ask you today for a change of our hearts. May our agenda match your agenda. May our will be only to follow yours. May we trust in your perfect plan, even when it seems difficult, or especially when it is unknown to us. We thank you that the future is never unknown to you and never falls outside your will. We ask that you would use us in this time of distancing to continue to grow your kingdom. And we ask for your mercy for those who are sick, for those who have lost a loved one, for those who are struggling financially, who have lost their jobs or their businesses. We ask that you would use this time to draw many to you. And we ask you in your graciousness to end this virus and the new social guidelines that it has caused very soon. We pray, though, that we would never waver in our faith or in our desire to serve you or in our desire to love others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 through 10 for our scripture reading today. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, 
met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. But resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils, and those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. I want to begin today by thanking God for all the mothers who are listening to me today. I am grateful for your role, moms, in teaching your children about Jesus and in praying for your children to Jesus. I am especially grateful for all that you moms are doing in teaching your children about Christ in this season of the coronavirus. Right now, you cannot bring your children to church or to Sunday school or to Kids of Hope Club. So who does the responsibility fall upon to teach your children about Christ in this season? It falls on mom and it falls on dad. I remember in my home growing up, it was my mother who took the responsibility to teach me about Jesus. My dad was frequently out of state on business trips, and so it was my mom who usually led our family devotions. It was my mom who helped me to memorize scripture. It was my mom who prayed with me. And my life is completely different than it would have been because of all that my mother taught me about Jesus. So moms, thank you for all that you are doing to help your children to know and love Jesus. Your children may not thank you today for all that you are doing in teaching them about Christ, but I trust that someday they will. Sometimes in family devotions, you come across a passage like we just read in Hebrews chapter 7, and your children have questions for you in response to what they heard. In this case, your children would ask you, what was that all about? Who is Melchizedek? And why does he matter to me? Your first instinct might be to say to your children, that's funny, I was asking myself the same questions. So let's take the time that we need to answer these questions and to figure out what is happening here in Hebrews chapter 7. The whole theme of Hebrews is that Jesus is greater. Here in Hebrews 7, we will see that Jesus is a greater priest. Let's look at some ways that Jesus is a greater priest for us. 
And I trust that as we see those ways that Jesus is a greater priest, you moms and indeed all of us will know and will see how a man like Melchizedek is very relevant to us. First of all, we see in Hebrews 7 that Jesus is a priest forever, like Melchizedek. We are introduced to Melchizedek in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 1. We read there that Melchizedek was a real person in history. He was king of Salem, priest of God Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. This verse refers to a story in Genesis chapter 14, when Abraham, the father of the Jews, defeated the kings who had captured Abraham's nephew Lot and then rescued Lot. Melchizedek's appearance in the story of Abraham lasts for all of three verses in Genesis 14, verses 18 to 20. Melchizedek enters the story stage right, and then he exits stage left. Before you know it, Melchizedek is gone from the story. Melchizedek, this priest and king, blesses Abraham after Abraham is victorious in battle. And then the great Abraham gives to Melchizedek a tithe, 10% of all the loot that he won in battle. And just like that, Melchizedek goes away. Well, if Melchizedek is such a minor character in Genesis, why does the author of Hebrews take such great interest in him? It is because Melchizedek is a type of Christ. Melchizedek, in other words, is a symbol who points forward to Jesus. We read in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 3 that Melchizedek is someone resembling the Son of God. It is not Jesus, then, who resembles Melchizedek, but Melchizedek who resembles Jesus. Melchizedek thus was the copy who pointed forward to the reality of Jesus. We have already seen the author of Hebrews make use of this typology several times in comparing comparing Old Testament characters to Jesus. The author has said that Jesus is the greater David. Jesus is the greater Moses. Jesus is the greater Joshua. And here in Hebrews 7, Jesus is the greater priest. The author of Hebrews then sees Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament. So the author makes clear to us that the entire Old Testament is about Jesus. All of the Old Testament stories that your mom taught you about then were not so much stories about Joseph or Moses or David or Jonah. All of these stories were rather about Jesus. They were stories and characters that foreshadowed Jesus and his ministry. Well, how does Melchizedek point forward to Jesus? Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 1 says that Melchizedek was king of Salem, a place that some scholars think is Jerusalem. He was the king of that place. And the Hebrew name Melchizedek literally translates, according to verse 2, to mean king of righteousness. The Hebrew word for king is melech, 
and the Hebrew word for righteousness is zedek. You put these two words together, and you get the word or the name Melchizedek, the king of righteousness. So Melchizedek is a king. And as you know, Jesus, of course, is a king too. Hebrews 1 speaks about Jesus as the king who, after he died on the cross for our sins, sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus now rules the world as king of kings. Melchizedek was not only a king, he was also a priest, as we see in verse 1. He was priest of the Most High God. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 6, we see the author make a comparison between Melchizedek and Jesus as priests. The author quotes from Psalm 110 and verse 4 and says of Jesus, You are a priest forever after the order of of Melchizedek. Jesus offered up a sacrifice to God, the sacrifice of his own body and blood, to pay for our sins. Jesus has the dual role of king and priest, just like Melchizedek was also a king and a priest. Now, why does that matter? In the Old Testament, no priest could be a king, and no king could be a priest. Priests had to come from the line of Levi, and after King David, kings had to come from the tribe of Judah. You could not then combine the role of priest and king into one person. But Melchizedek could and did combine the roles of priest and king. And in this way, Melchizedek would foreshadow Jesus, our king and priest, Jesus was a proper Jewish king who came from the tribe of Judah. But he did not come from the tribe of Levi. So Jesus did not have the right ancestry to be a Jewish priest. However, he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Well, let's see how Melchizedek resembles Jesus in his priesthood. In seeing this resemblance, I think we can see how this comparison between Jesus and Melchizedek is relevant to moms and to all of us. We read in verse 3 that Melchizedek is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. When you read the book of Genesis, you read a lot of genealogies. Most of us, of course, love reading genealogies in the Bible. We can't wait to discover who was the father of who, right? And so when you read Genesis, you know who just about everyone's father is. It's like living in a small town. Everyone knows your family, and everyone knows who you come from. Well, you know everyone's family in Genesis, except for Melchizedek's. Melchizedek just shows up quickly in the story, and then he leaves. We don't know who his mother and father are. The author of Hebrews is not suggesting that Melchizedek did not have a mother or father. No. His point is that his father and his mother and his genealogy were irrelevant to his being a priest. 
Later in the story of the Old Testament, your father had to come from the tribe of Levi if you were going to be a priest. But that didn't matter as far as Melchizedek was concerned. Nor did it matter as far as Jesus was concerned. Indeed, Melchizedek's birth and death are not recorded in the book of Genesis, symbolizing, according to verse 3, that he was a priest forever. Melchizedek, though, was just a symbol that pointed forward to Jesus. Jesus is the real thing. Jesus really is a priest forever. Because Jesus is resurrected from the dead, he continues as priest forever, unlike the Old Testament priests who all died. Now, how is it relevant to you as a mother that Jesus is a priest forever? One of Jesus' most important roles as your priest is in his prayers for you. Jesus prays for you according to what he knows you need, and Jesus also takes the prayers that you pray in his name, and he brings those prayers before his Father. Now, let me ask you as a mother, what do you pray about more than anything else? Your children. Now, you know that the Bible tells you not to worry, but you can't help it. You worry about your children. And so when you worry about your children, you obey what the Bible commands in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. You bring your worries to God in prayer. And when you see that your child collects broken bones like other children collect toys, you pray, God, who's going to protect this child? Who will watch over him? And when your child argues with you about every little thing, you pray, God, who's going to employ this child? How can she find and keep a job when she loves to argue with authority? And when your child has to be right about everything and never asks for forgiveness, you pray, God, who's going to marry this son of mine? And who in their right mind would stay married to this son of mine? The good news is that as a mom, you will see God answer some of your prayers in your lifetime. And those answered prayers will be an encouragement to you to keep on praying for your children. It will bring you great joy to see God answer your prayers. But you know what? God will not answer all of your prayers for your children before you die. He won't. As you know, some of your children are really, really stubborn. God then will be working on answering your prayers even before you, even after you die. He will not be able to finish answering your prayers before you pass away. But do you know why you can die in peace, even when some of your prayers for your children are not yet answered? Jesus is a priest like Melchizedek. Jesus is a priest forever. Jesus never dies. And because Jesus never dies, your prayers to Jesus 
will never die. Jesus will remember all of the prayers that you have prayed for your children. And he will continue to bring those prayers before his father. Is it relevant to you then that Jesus is a priest forever? I think it is. And so moms keep praying for your children. Jesus will never forget those prayers. He will keep praying those prayers for your children, even after you die. Let's look now at one of the implications of the fact that Jesus is a priest forever. One of the implications is that, therefore, Jesus is greater than all of the Old Testament Levite priests. The first word of verse 4 is C. He is saying to his readers and to us, Look at Melchizedek. See how great he is. And more importantly, since Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek, see how great Jesus is. We see how great Melchizedek is in that Abraham gave to this priest a tenth of all that he won in battle. For a Jew, it would be hard to imagine many people greater than Abraham. Abraham was the father of all of the Jews. Abraham was the first Jew who showed his descendants how to walk by faith in God. And yet, this Melchizedek, he must have been greater than Abraham. Abraham gave a tenth of everything he took in battle to Melchizedek. And so the author says of Melchizedek in verse 4, See how great this man was. Beginning in verse 5, we learn some things about the Old Testament priesthood and this practice of tithing, giving 10%. We read in verse 5 that the descendants of Levi who receive the priestly office have a commandment in the law, that is the Old Testament law, to take tithes, from the people. You see, some of the people of the tribe of Levi, those who were descended from Moses' brother Aaron, were given the responsibility to serve in the temple on behalf of all of the Jewish people and to manage the entire sacrificial system. Because some of these Levites then served God in the temple on behalf of all of the people and on behalf of serving God, these Levites would not own land and so would not be able to farm their own land or have time to make a living in any other way. And so God commanded the other 11 tribes of Israel to take 10% of their earnings and to give that money for the support of the Levites in their ministry so that they could serve God and the people full-time at the temple. Every Israelite then was supposed to tithe their income to the Levites. But who tithed to whom in the story of Abraham and Melchizedek? Verse 6 says that this man, Melchizedek, who does not have his descent from the Levites, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. What does that mean? Verses 9 and 10 give the meaning for us today. We read there that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, 
for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Abraham represents his future descendants, including the tribe of Levi. Levi was, so to speak, in the body of his ancestor Abraham when Abraham met Melchizedek. So in the story of Abraham and Melchizedek, effectively, the Levites tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek then must have been greater than Abraham, and he must be greater than the Levites who descended from Abraham. And therefore, Jesus, a priest in the order of Melchizedek, must be greater than all of the Old Testament Levite priests. Another way that we see that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham was in who blessed whom when they met. Verse 7 reminds us that it is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Melchizedek, we know from verse 1, was priest of the Most High God. So when Melchizedek blessed someone, the blessing of his words had the authority of God behind him. His words of blessing were greater than anyone else's words because his words of blessing came directly from God. Now, who did the blessing when Abraham met Melchizedek? Verse 6 says that it was Melchizedek who blessed Abraham. Melchizedek then was greater than Abraham. And if Melchizedek is greater than Abraham, then he is greater than the Levites who are descended from Abraham. And this tells us something about Jesus' own greatness. Verse 8 says that in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men. They are received by Levites. But in the other case, according to verse 8, tithes are received by one of whom it is testified that he lives. Melchizedek was a priest forever, just like Jesus is a priest forever. The Levites, who collected a tenth from the other 11 tribes of Israel, they all eventually died. Their priesthood concluded with their death. But Genesis says nothing about Melchizedek's death. He has then an eternal priesthood. And so does Jesus, the resurrected one that we worship today. Who is greater than, the author of Hebrews says to us, the Levite priests who died, or Jesus, our high priest, who has conquered death and lives forever. Now, what is the point of this complicated argument that the author of Hebrews is making? It's this. Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, Jesus' priesthood is greater than the Old Testament Levitical priesthood. So, Hebrew church, the author is saying, don't be tempted to go back to the Jewish practices of bringing your animal sacrifices to the Levite priests at the temple. Jesus is a greater priest. He is an eternal priest. If the sacrifices that the Levites offered would have been 
effective to bring forgiveness of sins, it would have been completely unnecessary for God to send us a different priest from the order of Melchizedek. But the Levites could not bring us final forgiveness. Only Jesus could do that with the sacrifice of his body and the shedding of his blood. Jesus is a greater priest, the author is saying. Follow Jesus and Jesus alone. And as we close today, I want to remind you mothers that Jesus is greater also. We all know that children are a blessing from God. The Bible tells us so. Children are a wonderful, joyful, exhausting blessing. But moms, remember this. Your children are not greater than God. Your children are not greater than the Jesus who gave you your children. When I was a child, we used to sing a song every Sunday in church that would take us about 45 seconds to sing. The hymn was called the doxology. The first line of that hymn says, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Where then does every blessing in our lives come from? God. Jesus then has blessed you moms with children. So celebrate these gifts on your special day. Jesus is greater, though, than the gift of your children. So don't make an idol out of your children. Don't give your children the worship that only Jesus deserves. Jesus is greater. Instead of worshiping your children, point your children to Jesus, the one who is truly worthy of their worship. Jesus is the one whose sacrifice on the cross brings us forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the one who did what no one else could do. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead as the first fruits of all who have faith in him. We who have faith in Jesus will also rise from the dead one day and worship and love and rejoice in his presence for all eternity. There is no one greater than Jesus. Teach your children that truth today on Mother's Day and every other day. We have learned about Melchizedek today. And Melchizedek had a very small role in the story of Abraham in Genesis. But Melchizedek's role was so important. Melchizedek pointed forward to Jesus with his life. He pointed forward to the Jesus who would be a greater priest than any priest from the Levitical Old Testament. Worship Jesus then, and Jesus alone. Jesus is the only priest who can save you. There is no one greater. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the reminder that Jesus is greater. And we thank you that we have received this reminder today through the story of Melchizedek. Thank you that Melchizedek was both priest and king, 
just like Jesus is priest and king for us. Thank you that Jesus rules the world today. And so when we pray, we can be confident that Jesus will powerfully answer our prayers. But Jesus is not only king, he is also priest. He is the one that we can pray to, who can bring our prayers before the Father. He is the one who loves us. He is the one who was sacrificed on our behalf. And so we are grateful that Jesus is both king and priest. We are grateful that he lives today to answer our prayers. And so we pray that you would answer our prayers for our children. We pray that you would hear them. We pray that you would help them to be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus in the days to come. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, hallelujah. 
entered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. You have done great things. Oh God, you do great things. We are glad that you are able to uh, worship with us today once again. Uh, we are going to be having the Zoom meeting at 10.30 uh, this morning. So we encourage you to join us for that. As it's difficult to uh, have fellowship at this time, this is one way we can do so. Um, and it helps to remind us that we are still the body of Christ, a uh, body of believers. Um, and so please join us for that. And I do also want to say Happy Mother's Day once again uh, to all you mothers. I hope that you have a great day um, and a great week.